Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? What if I told you that you could experience your best Lent ever, and all you had to do was hop online? I invite you to check out The Catholic Company, a one-stop shop for all your Catholic merchandise needs. They understand the importance of truth, goodness, and beauty, and have the products to deepen your faith, no matter where you are in your journey. I invite you to use code Gotta Be Saints to receive 15% off your total purchase. That's Gotta Be Saints, all one word, for 15% off. The Catholic Company, because faith matters. Today's podcast is titled, Just Say Yes. This is part two. I have with me today, Taylor Fielder. Taylor, thank you once again for being a part of this. Yay, thank you. Uh, Taylor and I talked in episode one just about her story. She shared uh, her work on Instagram, and uh, you have a website as well, correct? Yes, Uh, Candid Communion. Communion. So (laughs) she kind of shared her story and how the Lord has worked in her life and how she's been able to really impact different women and and men as well, um, and just letting them know that he's waiting for us. So uh, if you're able to give part one a listen, it's a beautiful story. And we also just talked a little bit about um, why saying yes to his plan is so freeing, um, just moments of trust. Uh, But I wanted to start the second part. Taylor and I just talked a little bit off off record. And we just were talking about our family lives. So I'd love for you to just kind of speak to uh, your mom, if you don't mind, and just talking about, we were talking uh, a little bit about the Eucharist and fasting and just how those play into just saying yes. But um, in Taylor's case, she has a beautiful testament um, coming from her mom's uh, example. And so I'd love for you to, whatever you feel comfortable sharing about that, I think uh, I was inspired. And so I think anyone who's listening to this is going to be inspired as well. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. My mom is the most amazing woman, uh, the most faithful woman, and she should be for the amount of hours that she has spent <laughs> sitting in adoration. So um, I, yeah, she married my dad and he was not Catholic, um, but he did agree to raise our family in the faith. And I think too, for a man speaking um, just from maybe personal experience, but for a man to see something or agree as a leader in the head of the home um, to follow the wife or follow the woman in that sense. um, And that he didn't, he wasn't Catholic. He didn't know much about Catholicism, but knowing that it was a so important to my mom that it was, it was going to be that way. And um, to my mom, making sure that it stayed that way and that um, she was kind of on her own in um, catechizing us. My dad was definitely there, but um, just watching her raise us in that way, um, it, it changed our faith. So I would walk into her room sometimes, you know, like it was usually when my dad was gone or if he was on, on the road playing or whatever, but she would be sleeping on the floor or, um, 
I would see her, you know, as kids, you're very observant. So I would watch and, you know, she would only eat a piece of bread that day or um, she would be offered something that like a treat or something, you know, an opportunity that we know, or I knew that she would usually be so excited about and she would say no, or she would, you know, leave the cookie or whatever. Um, And she was always just doing little acts of penance or um, fasting or um, anything that she could to offer up for my dad's conversion and for our family. And um, when you're little, seeing your mom do that, first of all, it showed me how important our faith was. Like, I really need to give this a look, you know, like if she's willing to skip meals and sleep on the floor, sleep without a pillow, whatever, um, then clearly it's something that's important. And so for 20 years, she carried that cross, like we were talking about. And, um, and my dad was there. Um, he was always with us at mass. We said the rosary is a family and he was usually, um, there with us. And, you know, he, he was very much a part of it and a part of our faith. Um, this isn't, you know, to, to leave him out in any way, but as far as his conversion, um, it was just beautiful to see my mom, um, loving him in such a way that she, um, died to self so often, you know? Mm. Yeah. It was beautiful. And she, um, has a beautiful devotion to the Eucharist and to adoration. And she would drag my brother and I, um, I have two brothers now, but growing up, there's just, uh, oh, there's just one of us or two of us until my other brother was born. And, um, so she How much younger is he? he's 12 years younger than me. Okay. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so half my life, we uh, almost, um, we were without him, but she would drag Blaine and I to adoration. Um, and I will just never forget. We would always sit in the same pew and I, I don't know what Blaine and I did at that time, but just watched her be with Jesus and pray. She would usually cry, <laughs> but you know, just spend time with him and ask him for, um, for blessings for our family and for my dad. And it shaped our faith for sure. Well, just to speak to, I don't know your mom, but just hearing what you're saying, the conviction of a woman who, you know, very clearly sees what the Lord wants for her, you know, invites her into this relationship with your father, willfully accepts it, but also understands that the, um, there's going to be a struggle, you know, and it's not to speak ill of your father. I mean, praise no. God, you know, he's he amazing. like a great man. Yeah. He's amazing. And, and it, nothing you said made me think anything otherwise. Yeah. And yet the, the reality is no matter how good a man he is, your mom knows how beautiful the Eucharist is, how beautiful mm-hmm. the faith is. And, you know, I'm sure in that longing, it wasn't so much a longing for your dad to change as much as your dad to come to know who Jesus really is. Yeah. And totally. in that, yeah, fully, fully come to know that. And, you know, through 20 years, you know, those moments in adoration. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's such a testament that your brother and, and you were, were there present, you know, that she brought you guys along. 
Um, because isn't that what we're invited to do in our faith? Yeah. You know, you talked a lot about in episode one, you know, your, your page and how, you know, you, you mentioned a friend saying that you're not, a, you weren't a good evangelist. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, you clearly understand that that is what God needs of you to a certain degree is to be doing that, to be spreading this. And, you know, I always look at, at that and I say, I, I look at it like when I watch a good movie, I'm inspired to share it with other people. I go to a restaurant I like, and I can't help but tell people in turn, should that not also be our faith? And yet sometimes because Satan works in the way he does, hmm. he doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to hide it and right. keep it to ourselves. And yet, you know, there's a beauty in, in seeing your mom's example of it doesn't matter. And then your dad's example to willfully participate in it, even if he's got his own questions, right. um, which I think I'm sure impacted your brother and you, because even when he wasn't following it, he was at least present and showing that he wanted you to be involved and probably kept his own internal struggles, maybe between your mom and him instead of, you know, showcasing it so that uh, you guys are more inclined to, to believe it, um, but not in a manipulative way by any stretch. And I think too, that as a, young girl and as a daughter and a woman um the love of a father is so important I don't even know if I could speak to how important it is um but to watch him honor my mom and love her in that way um it was like I was talking about how my mom would die to self but it was a sacrificial like it was a an egoless is that a word yeah, we'll go with that ego list. No. <laughs> um, there was no pride in that, right? Like he, every Sunday, we did not miss mass. Um, he was with us. He was, he drove us there. He drove us home. Um, if I was in tournaments or playing tournaments um, and we were across the state or whatever, and it was just me and him, he would make sure to find a mass for us to go to because that is what he promised my mom. And that was the commitment he was going to honor in that um, as a young lady watching your dad love your mom in that way, it, while also loving the Lord. It yeah. Was loving just, the Lord too. Yeah. So it, that, um, like I'm kind of just got a little bit emotional, but that, that is the, the best gift he's ever given me in the greatest love I've ever experienced, you know, aside yeah. from no, I mean, I, and I think it's beautiful. And I, you know, I think there are so many people who have two parents who both are quote unquote Catholic, whose yeah. love did not uh, look like that, sadly, you know, and mm-hmm. um, very much was void of the goodness and love and respect and sacrificial nature that your father uh, encompassed. And I think, you know, I will talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but Right. You know, as a man, the the role of a father cannot be overstated. I don't, Ever. you know, you can, a mother's love beautifully is always going to be present. And so it's, you know, that I don't know what the statistics are, but uh, families that have a faithful father are much more inclined to practice their faith when they're adults than if the mother is the 
um, head of the household in that regard, if she's the right. spiritual leader. And it's not to say that every situation looks like that. I mean, you're a great example of your mom being the spiritual leader at the start and, and probably maybe even still, and yet your father is also kind of probably, maybe they're co-leaders now, you know, they're both doing their, their part, or maybe they always have been. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said about that, that, you know, especially as a man, you know, my gosh, the, the importance of being in love with our Lord and trying to serve him it is so essential and, and something that we have to turn to. Um, but I, I just love that your story, your, your parents' Thank story, you. especially. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the two things, if you're going to draw anything from that story, uh, you know, you mentioned the Eucharist being at the focal, you know, the center of it all. It's the source and summit of our faith people, it that, is. <laughs> you know, adoration. If you have a chapel nearby, I invite you, anyone who's listening to this, to frequent it. And I don't know what your prayer life looks like right now, but I can say um, that when you finally make it a a part of your life, it will change everything. I know I can say that in my own life. I remember being in college and having a buddy say to me, hey, uh, what are you going to do? I was going to Europe for four months, and he said, what are you going to do to, you know, experience that. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do a holy hour every day, which came out like word vomit. Yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, do you do that now? And I said, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I would go a couple times a week, maybe with my yeah. brother. And yet, you know, it, uh, every day is quite a, quite a task. And then you include mm-hmm. the fact that I'm traveling in Europe and yet it seemed like the right thing to do. And I get over there. No one knows I'm doing this except for that buddy. And Jesus knows I made that promise. Mm-hmm. And then I see that sign-up sheet as they had adoration Monday through Thursday, every day. And I found myself filling out four hours and said, well, here we go. There and, we go. Yeah, that's awesome. And yet it was, you know, something that will was and is life-changing. You know, I'll never be the same because I was forced to be with him. And I mean... My friends will tell you I was sleeping more than I was praying during those times. They said they'd walk in and see me laying on the ground. I'll (laughs) say that I was, you know, meditating, but they'll probably say I was sleeping, (laughs) but I was there. And yeah, it's something that now is, you know, and you mentioned, uh, you know, as we talked earlier and and even I think when we weren't recording, you talked about, you know, how that's a part of your life. Hmm. And it's true. Once you let it, once it becomes a part of you, you can't go without it. I mean, that's how I look at the Eucharist. It went from being a um, a duty where I felt like I should be there right. to where I want to be there to where I need to be there. And, you know, the same thing, you know, you talked about fasting and it's transformative, friends. If yeah. you're if you're looking at fasting, it's hard. I'm really bad at it. I'm probably the worst faster ever. Um, but I at least try sometimes and yeah. God's God works with that. Um, I guess the, the next question I want to, I guess, ask you mm-hmm. is, you know, with all that we've talked about, are there any scripture passages, uh, that kind of have inspired one you're saying of yes, but just inspired your faith journey and faith life. Is there anything that really sticks out, um, that maybe the people listening to this can, can draw from and say, maybe I'm going to go sit with that verse today. Yeah. The one that kept coming up with Canon Communion 
um, was Isaiah 6, 8. Here I am, Lord, send me. And actually it was, it was during COVID and um, my best friend was a, she's a nurse and she went out to New York um, to fight COVID basically when they needed nurses. And she just went like within three hours of like, Hey, we need nurses. And she was like, okay. And that was um, a verse that she shared. And then I just kept seeing it. And as I was, like I said, during quarantine um, and making the most of my experience, um, I was just, I remember praying one day and I said, Lord, you know, I want to do something, but I don't know what I can do. Like, I don't know how you could use me in this time. Um, And he, I just, it was a very clear conversation we had, which doesn't always happen, but you know, I was just like, you know, I want to serve you in some way. I don't know how I'm sitting on this pool floaty reading my book every day. So life's pretty good, but if there's anything you need, just, you know, whatever. And he laughed and said, just wait. And then I said, okay, I'll wait. Like I'm, I'm chilling right now. So that's fine. And then, um, a few months later, Canon communion came and like I, I told, I guess in the first episode, I talked about what a shock that was, but send me. And I love that verse. Um, I read it every day now. But I think when we surrender and just ask the Lord to use us, he will. So if you don't mean it, then don't ask him because he will send you where he needs you. And some days it might not (laughs) be exactly what, what we're expecting, but I think that's where the beauty is. And, you know, my plans were so small or my, my expectations for myself and what I could do, um, or what I could share with others were so they were essentially non-existent. <laughs> so yeah, Isaiah 6, 8, give it a, give it a read later. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, no, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's just a beautiful situation of saying yes and, yeah. and listening and watching him do the rest. And, you know, you spoke about it a lot and or a little bit in episode one, you know, just talking about how you didn't feel like uh, this was your skill. And yet the Lord, of course, goes to that thing and says, okay, good. Because this is what you're not feeling as competent about. That's what I'm going to use you for. Because of course he wants to, he shows off his glory in so many ways. And he, God's, God's a little bit of a show off, not in a bad way, but you know, he's, He's got, he's got his, uh, his skill in that way. And he's, he's allowed. Right. Um, and so he shows <laughs> off with us when we do anything of value and anything. of yeah. worth. He's able to say like, that was me. And if, <laughs> if you're at, if you're not, you can't see this, but I of course did the, the, the little lick of the finger and the, the point. So anyways, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I guess then, you know, you mentioned it earlier, I, I think, it might have been when we were we were not recording, mm-hmm. um, but you talked about your father, you know, and, and it was when we were recording. You talked about the rosary. Um, what can what can Mary teach us in in all of this? Is there anything that has stuck out to you? I mean, I'm a big I'm a big mama's boy, so I, I'm a big yeah. fan of her. Um, but is there anything that she's kind of taught you in in this uh, short life that you've had and that mm-hmm. 
you know, speaks? Well, her yes was the most important yes. So I try to just um, sit with that, especially when I'm praying the rosary and just think about all the ways that she had to continue to say yes. Uh, and she knew what was coming too. That's the thing. We don't have the burden of knowing what will happen, <laughs> you know, or the luxury, however you want to look at it. But she knew exactly what she was saying yes to, and she knew how it was going to end. And yet she gave herself to, to him. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So. And if you're looking for a prayer to read, folks, if you don't already read it, read the Magnificat. Mm. Right. I'm a big de Montfort, St. Louis de Montfort fan. Yes. And one of the things he emphasizes is reading the Magnificat after you've received the Eucharist. And you know, it's something I try to do. And it is just a when I'm when I'm really there and present, it is a beautiful prayer to uh, reflect upon. I mean, yeah. just giving God that little moment just to, mm -hmm. to see, you know, that Mama Mary just so beautifully exemplifies what you and I are called to, which is just saying yes to him and, and the big things and in the little things and yeah. what he's able to do because he will, um, you know, shine through and his glory will will be present and seen. Um, I guess the, the next question to ask you would be just, can the saints, are there anything that the saints have taught you? Um, mm. I mean, this has got to be saints. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. I of, love it. Of them. Um, a few things, I think. Um, well, that I'll say there's so many, but I, I spoke on earlier about just taking the next step and not thinking about it, but just going, you feel called, then go. And the Lord will turn you in the direction that he needs you at the moment. Um, so that for sure. And that when we look silly <laughs> or feel silly, should I say, that's usually when, um, we know that we're doing, doing what the Lord's called us to do when we're out of our comfort zone, when, um, when we say yes, not knowing what's waiting for us. I think that if there's anything that they, besides, um, I love the martyrs. So besides that, <laughs> besides loving your face so much that, that you'll, that you'll die for it, uh, <laughs> um, is learn to be uncomfortable and the Lord will use you. And you're Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, I always say, I'm somewhat kidding, but probably not that the only way I'm getting to heaven is if I'm a martyr. So yeah. I'm always uh, <laughs> a big fan of that. I'm like, yeah, Lord, you know, whenever you want, send yeah. me to whatever country <laughs> is uh, under no. the most persecution. Let me just preach a little bit and take yep. me. Uh, <laughs> right up we go. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it seems like a surefire way. It really does. You're not, you're so right. But uh, I guess then, those are those are my questions. I guess I want to uh, just allow you, uh, if you have anything that you'd like to share or any stories that you might have. I mean, I guess one thing I, I could ask you, is there anything that has stuck out to you since starting Candid Communion that has been 
just any stories that have kind of just, you know, rocked your world in a certain sense, or, or even just little mini things um, mm. that have just stuck out that you're like, wow, God, what a, what a beautiful uh, gift that this is. And yeah. if, you, if there's nothing that sticks out, that's fine. I just, I'm always curious. And I think people love good there's testimony. There's so much that I don't know if I could gather them all now, but I will say um, our world and especially on Instagram, everything seemingly, seemingly looks so perfect. And um, I think me personally, I, I want to be perfect for Jesus. And I think sometimes it's really easy to lose sight of um, the fact that he will take our brokenness and, and use it um, and take our messiness. And, and when we're faithful to him, that's all that he is asking of us. And so I'm just always inspired when I talk to people and hear their faith or hear their struggles and what they've gone through and how they have no, and even if they're still, you know, going through something, but how their eyes are so fixed on Jesus and the news won't tell you that. And, you know, I don't know, Twitter won't tell you that Instagram usually doesn't unless you put that on your feed, but you know what I mean? It's just, we don't, we don't see that right now. I don't think. And so I've just been so inspired by other people's dedication to keep their eyes on Jesus through everything. It yeah. seems it's one after the other and over and over and stories of just perseverance and faith. So that has been the biggest blessing to me because it's not going to look perfect and the world is not where it's so broken. So just hearing others and their perseverance has been a blessing has been enough, <laughs> enough to make all of this beautiful. So, yeah. Amen. Well, and you know, in, in short, we will come to know either in this lifetime or the next, you know, how vital and how important following that plan that he has for us um, is. And if we just say, yes, he's going to be able to do great things. Um, and, and to the to the degree that we are willing to give ourselves to him. Yeah. Um, but to anyone listening, you know, you talked about the, you know, no matter where you're at and what stage, he's there in the midst of all of that. And he's willing to work with us. I, I know I look at my own life and every single day I'm, you know, brought to the realization of how broken I am, how much I have to work on. And yet I'm also in awe of what he's still able to accomplish through this broken vessel. Mm. And so I look at it and I say, you're good, Lord, because if you can do that with me, you know, imagine if I end up getting my crap together, you know, and, <laughs> um, and he's yeah. like, yeah, he probably rolls his eyes at that one. Cause he's like, well, yeah. it's been 27 years, Brendan. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> because he's got, a, he, he wouldn't say I'm not holding out hope, but no. If he was human, he might say that. Um, <laughs> anyways, any final thoughts? Anything that you want to to speak to, or any stories, or anything? We were talking about it chat. earlier um, about Holy Hour, and I will say this: if anyone is listening and 
even has like a little bit of a, Hey, I might go to adoration, but I don't know where I will personally send me where you live. And I will personally make you a spreadsheet of holy hours in your area or of adoration times. I am that, um, passionate about it. And I guarantee you it will change your life. So if you don't know where adoration is near you message me and I will create you all the time. Yeah. Also there's this beautiful website and I want you to, I kind of want people to message you and have, you have to do this because you offered it, but there's also, Oh, I know. I a hundred percent agree. There's also, but I also think some people need to learn how to um, find things on their own because I have, I'm usually my friends, masstimes.com person. Oh, I get texts texts from people in cities that I'm not in or haven't lived in. And they'll say, Hey, where can I go to mass? And I love it because it's like, great. I have my niche, you know, you know me, I can figure this out. Great website, mass times, go to it. It will tell you everything. And then check the parish website just to check, to make sure it's accurate. Yeah. many a time where I've showed up at a church and they didn't have masks because I didn't read the fine print mm-hmm. but that will also tell you adoration times holy days of obligation the whole nine but you can also just me- message Taylor and she'll take care of you, <laughs> I uh, got you. but yeah I First love timers, it. I got you <laughs> I love it and it and it's so important and if you can make one thing a part of your life make it make the Eucharist take it up make it a part of everything and you'll you'll see your life be changed or, or at least in the very least, you won't be able to walk away. You might struggle, but you can't walk away once you have the Eucharist and know what it is and know who it is. Um, so now my final two questions, Okay. Uh, unless you have something else. I nope, wanna, that's it. Okay. Well, that was, that's a beautiful, beautiful finishing point. <laughs> Thank well, my, you. Two, my two final questions, these I ask every single episode. Okay. Who is your Mount Rushmore of saints? Who are your go-tos? How many do and I you get? Can have, you can have four, but you can also have 44. It's up to you. Mount Rushmore only has four faces, but I okay. couldn't pick just four saints. Of that's that's too hard. No. Um, St. Maria Goretti, number one, always. Um, St. Anne, we're in constant communication about my husband. Okay, my other two aren't canonized. That's fine. Blessed are okay. okay. Mother Angelica. Oh my gosh, she's the best. I love she's her. The great, we were raised on Mother Angelica. Um, and Fulton Sheen has to be, he's the greatest. Those are, those are some great ones. I, especially uh, Mother Angelica. I I won't, I won't bore anyone listening, but I could, she's just, I read her bio recently in the last two years and I was just like, all right, this woman's just the biggest BA in the world. She so is. She's, she's fantastic. Um, and then my last question for you. Okay. So God willing, one day you're going to, you're going to pass and you're going to go to heaven and naturally they're going to start a cause for your sainthood and you're going to be canonized. What are you going to be the patron saint of? Mm. <laughs> Either single women <laughs> or praying for your husband in adoration. Those are two really good things. That is and I think uh, a lot of people would love that, men and women included. So, yeah, if you see me in adoration, there's a ninety percent chance that's why I'm there. That's good. I, yeah, 
I won't I won't admit on here what my percentage of my adoration time is thinking okay. about that. So <laughs> anyways, you people at home can uh care to care to uh figure it out. But anyway, thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on thank and you sharing your story. Me. Um I'm excited to to put this out there for for yeah. the listeners and let them hear about how the Lord is using you um, in such a real and uh, beautiful way. So thanks again. Yeah. Um, and to anyone listening, have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless and, and know of my prayers for you. And uh, please pray for both of us. And also, if you want to follow her page, Candid Communion, I will, of course, be plugging it in the description and when I make posts on social media. But if you're listening, go give it a follow. Thank Thanks you. again.